Sepsis, or the infection causing sepsis, starts before a patient goes to the hospital in nearly 87% of cases. Sepsis is a medical emergency. If you or your loved one has an infection that's not getting better or is getting worse, act fast. Get medical care immediately. Ask your healthcare professional, could this infection be leading to sepsis? And if you should go to the emergency room, learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. Let's Fix Work is proudly sponsored by Ultimate Software. Human resources, payroll, talent management, they've got it all. Please visit ultimatesoftware.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Fix Work. I'm Lori Rudiman. On today's show, I'm talking to Armin Berjikli. He serves as Ultimate Software's Senior Director of Strategy, where his expertise in human-computer interactions drives Ultimate's artificial intelligence platform and direction. Prior to Ultimate, Armin served as the founder and CEO of Kenjoya, a workforce intelligence company that pioneered critical advancements in understanding human emotion. All of that makes Armin expertly able to talk about AI and HR. If you're interested in the hype, the reality, and the hope of AI in the workforce, sit tight and I'll be right back with Armin Burgikli and Let's Fix Work. Work is broken. And so is the way you think about it. Host Lori Rudiman is picking up the pieces so you can take control of your career, put yourself first, and be your own HR. With the Let's Fix Work podcast, here's Lori. Hey, Armin. Welcome to Let's Fix Work. Lori, thanks so much for having me today. Oh my goodness, it's my pleasure. Can you tell everybody where you're located today? I'm in San Francisco, California. And you're currently in quarantine? Is that what's going on right now? Uh, No, I'm coming out of it. I have a lot of little kids. I have three little kids under five years old. And they tend to brew up some special germs. And I was their victim last week because they tend to sneeze directly into my mouth or uh, (laughs) various other things that they do to me. And so I'm coming out of it stronger than ever. I love it. I love it. Well, it says <laughs> something that you're a leader and you're willing to talk about your vulnerabilities oh, because how many, how many people try to power through it, right? And then bring all of that to work. And look at you. It. You were smart about it. Yeah, I try to be. You try and pay that forward. That's right. (laughs) Well, it's so awesome to have you on Let's Fix Work. And you know, a lot of people out there in the world of work, in the world of human resources and tech, which is where I spend my time, are talking about AI. And I have the sneaking suspicion that they don't know what they're talking about. So I'm really pleased to have you on today. Because in my mind, you are an AI expert. So can you talk a little bit about the intersection of artificial intelligence in the world of work and what you're doing? I would love to. I think you know you introduced the topic really well. A lot of people are talking about AI. You can't go past any sort of industry study without a bunch of stats being thrown at you. You can't get through any company conference call without going through all the AI acronyms being thrown at you. And you certainly can't go to any of our trade shows right without seeing all the boots underscoring AI. And it's interesting, right? So many people are talking about it and people are, think they're even piloting it, but you can't get a single definition consistently across the industry. Right. And so I kind of look at it and I say, all right, well, we can put our minds around the consensus that technology is absolutely an agent of change in HR, that it is fundamentally disrupting the business. And I think for the better. And then the way we can look at AI is we could say it's a component of technology. It's not like AI is brand new, right? We've been talking about artificial intelligence since the 50s. You know, it's been through a couple of summers, it's been through a couple of winters, it's another summer right now, maybe even a spring where, you know, everyone's excited about where it can go. And maybe this time it's for real. I'd love to get into that actually over the course of, of our conversation here. 
here today. But think about it this way. Technology is changing things for sure. AI is a component of technology that may be the most exciting part of that change. And it's worth digging deeper into it. And I'll leave it with this before we dive into maybe more of the specifics. The environment that we're in, AI will fix this, put that in quotes, right? Is becoming sort of the new, the market will fix this, right? It's sort of this panacea because there's so much hype around it, because maybe there's so much hope around it, and then because there is very little in terms of hard definitions around it, it's easy to ascribe all of our problems and opportunities and potential solutions to AI. And so I'm thrilled to get a chance to double click with you and figure out what it all really means for us. Well, that is so great. I love how you're setting the stage for a conversation because I spend time with people who are athletes and you know, regular Joes, and they don't have anything to do with the world of tech or the world of work. And when I asked them for broad definitions of AI, I heard definitions like, well, isn't that like when a computer thinks like a human? So I think just in general, we have two groups of people, right? people who really understand the world of AI and understand what it's all about. And then everybody else who just kind of knows about it from the media and knows about it from like industry buzzwords. So can you give us a definition of AI, like a working definition and maybe tell us what it isn't? Sure. That's a great question. You know, I may contribute further to that uh, Hollywoodization (laughs) because I say like when people ask me, what, what is AI that we could all sort of wrap our heads around? It's as simple as like making computers act like they do in the movies, right? And I say that with a smile on my face, but there is meaning behind it, which is in the movies when AI behaves, right? There's a story arc. It's a machine. It participates in people's lives in almost day-to-day situations. It starts at point A. It lives a life alongside the other characters. It learns from the experience. And the things that it learns tend to be something new or unexpected. And then it starts to behave more differently towards the end of the story arc, right? In the Hollywood version of this. Thing. And so, if you take that microcosm and you say, all right, like in the world of work, right, AI for HR, a computer that learns from its experience things that are not obvious, things that are really interesting, and that in the end are relatable. If you sit down with this computer at the end of, of this challenge and you say, teach me what you learned, it doesn't tell you a whole bunch of things that were obvious to you from the beginning. Because what would be the point of that? Right. It doesn't tell you a whole bunch of things that makes you want to stand up in your chair and flip a table over because then you're setting up sort of a conflict. It tells you things where you go, huh, you know, I always had a hunch about that or I was always wondering about that or I did have a question about that. I didn't have the time, the energy, the processing power, maybe the training to really dig deep into that question and figure out what you just did. So make a Mac like they do in the movies in the sense that learn from your environment, behave more intelligently as time goes on, and do things that we ourselves as people find either because of time limitations, energy limitations, training limitations, hard to accomplish alongside our everyday tasks. And you'll see that the way I position this thing, everyone needs a helper. Everyone needs a friend supporting them in the hard things that they do. And I'd like to see AI evolve as our partner that supports us in our work and allows us to be more confident in the decisions that we make every single day, all throughout the day, provides data, provides some intelligence that we didn't have access to before, but we had a hunch that it existed out there. What I hear when you explain AI and this concept of AI are multiple concepts around intelligence. But the real thing that sticks out to me is the word insight. Like I hear the word insight when you describe this. So in the world of human resources, where I see AI applied, what it's doing is it's helping individuals make better decisions. But it's not as advanced as it is in Hollywood, where it's replacing right. humans just yet. Right. Although I wonder, where where is all of this going? Like where are all of these silos 
within AI taking us? Do they replace human resources at some point? Absolutely not. And so I can kind of break up your question and say, all right, where is it that AI helps us? Like, let's be very specific, right? And there's really five areas. The first three are pretty obvious. Things that don't bother a computer that bother people. Uh, it's like volume, right? Just a tremendous amount of data that we face. No matter what size company you are, no matter what size HR team you are, no matter how advanced or early you are in your career, we're all crushed by the amount of data. The second thing is sort of the speed of the information. Volume, velocity, those two things uh, in a very tactical way don't bother a computer at all. There's no way to sort of overwhelm a computer from that. And going alongside that, I said the first two things are, are fairly straightforward. The third one is just stamina, right? Like we get tired as people, but a machine can work through 3, 4, 5 a.m. No problem dealing with that avalanche of information that comes ever faster. And in our workplace, I was like pointed out, I go, it's situations like Slack, right? That's a whole new communications mechanism. It gets added to a company. Nothing really goes away, right? Like email doesn't go away. Now there's yet another thing for you to keep your eye on and it ever becomes faster and faster as people adopt it and so forth. And so volume, velocity, and stamina are areas that don't bother a computer but certainly challenge us. And then two other ones where the machine can can do something that helps us are less obvious. One is continuous learning. Like a machine can basically say every new piece of information that comes its way is as quote unquote exciting or important or interesting as the very first piece of information that they got. And we absolutely as people can't say that, right? Like we get numb or overwhelmed or tired from processing what seemingly are similar things. A machine can always learn. The last one is one gets a lot of media play, but there's more to it than that. And it's unconscious bias, right? And unconscious bias, it gets media play as something very negative. You know, it's us sort of uh, building unfriendly workplaces, etc. And there is a huge component that that's there. I don't want to diminish that. But unconscious bias is a human sort of coping mechanism for the most part to get us through the other things, right? If you're drowning in data and you're challenged with having to make a decision under pressure with you know sort of imperfect information, what do we do? We start leaning on our biases, right? Like, oh, I had a really good, fun interview with that person. I think I'm going to give them the job offer. But you know, the data might bear out that you should have done so with the other person that you interviewed. And so machines absolutely have their own bias, but they don't have this unconscious bias necessarily that is a result of just trying to cope, right? Like we have, we have a whole other conversation about machine bias and where it comes from and so forth. But volume, velocity, stamina, the ability to always learn, and the sort of idea that the biases in the machine can be over time measured and hopefully minimized and ultimately eradicated. Those are areas where we struggle as people, but a machine does not. And if you go from there, you can start to think about the opportunities that a partner that is a computer program that's not bothered by those things could be helpful. And we can go there as we continue this conversation. Lots of companies are talking about AI in the workplace. And when we come back after the break, Armin and I will get down to brass tacks and talk about AI and work tech platforms, how AI intersects HR, and why it's important to have a code of ethics. So sit tight and I'll be right back with more Armin Berjikli and Let's Fix Work. Hey, everybody, Lori Rudiman here to talk to you about ongoing leadership and development opportunities. Now, I'm no longer a human resources leader, but I'm staying current with HR best practices. That's why I'm thrilled to partner with Ultimate Software to help promote its educational and totally complimentary HR workshops. That's right, everybody. Ultimate is giving you some free continuing education. Ultimate Software brings together industry experts, knowledgeable and inspiring speakers, along with a variety of HR, payroll, and talent management professionals for full-day masterclasses packed with networking, thought leadership, and education. 
During the Ultimate Software HR Workshops, you're going to learn about time-tested HR solutions that companies like yours have implemented to improve their organizations. You'll also leave with the tools and strategies that'll help you succeed in your daily responsibilities. And bonus, you're going to earn HRCI and SHRM professional development credits and APA recertification credits. And by the way, did I mention it's all free? Ultimate Software is hosting dozens of free educational HR workshops across the country, and they might be coming to a city near you. So check out ultimatesoftware.com forward slash LFW for details and to find the right workshop that'll set you ahead in your career. That's ultimatesoftware.com forward slash LFW. One more time, ultimatesoftware forward slash LFW. Check it out now, and maybe I'll see you in a city near you. Welcome back to Let's Fix Work. My guest today is Armin Berjikli from Ultimate Software. Armin, I wonder what's happening with AI, HR, and your role at Ultimate Software. Sure. Again, the context for us at Ultimate Software, we're people first. And that is not just a slogan. It is sort of the mantra that truly infuses how we think about decisions. And then how do I reconcile that with artificial intelligence, machine learning, sort of the extreme of your cold robotic future that you might think of? And so one of the things that we did early on in our AI journey is that we said, we should play this out. Let's entertain the fact that pretty much anything that was science fiction 30, 40 years ago has now become facts, right? Like it is pretty amazing, like the amount of achievement that we we have done as a species around the progress of technology. And so when we talk about AI, you know, it's fun to kind of, you know, use the Terminator analogies or the Skynet yeah, yeah. And analogies. Wait, wait. I just want to interrupt you because yeah. I love this. You keep going back to these like long form narratives, these stories, these archetypes in our society, Star Wars, Terminator, Star <laughs> Trek, right? Is this something that normal technologists do? Is this something particular to your culture? Is this your unique spin on it? Why are you so excited about these stories? I live in Silicon Valley. My history is an entrepreneur and CEO in Silicon Valley, but I don't originate from here. <laughs> and so I think <laughs> one of the things that I bring to the game is the sense that there is a worship culture of technology by technologists that tends to permeate Silicon Valley. And that is the sense that if technology can do it, we should do it and we'll figure out the ramifications later. And I'm not trying to pick on any companies, but it's easy to think about examples in Facebook land or Google land oh, yeah. where you just kind of went like, let's just see where it goes and yeah. it'll fall out. And I think... And wait, uh, and the market will take care of it. The market that's will take care of it. Right, right, exactly. Right? Really answered. But that's you know increasingly a dangerous game to play. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to certainly believe the culture here at Ultimate is back to people first, but also you got to think about ultimately what's the end game with the employees that we work with? How do we develop things that help all those employees, those tens of millions of employees have a better day at work, do their jobs better, be more confident about what they're doing, sleep better at night, right? If you work backwards, you then like stop putting technology on a pedestal and you realize it has a place in the solution, but it's a place, right? It's one component of a solution that could involve people, it could involve you, it could involve some uh, computer assistance. And so that's where that comes from is knowing and hopefully a humility and also just a recognition that solutions are rarely simple, right? It's rarely just throw a machine at it and magically everything will work. It has to be a partnership and almost a harmony or a symphony of a lot of different parts working together. So when I look at the AI challenge and opportunity, 
it has to be in the context of working with people. It is in the context that a lot of the things that we as technologists can imagine will come true because the sort of pace of innovation is so accelerated at this point that you really can't be intentionally ignorant and say like, oh, bad things will never happen or you know what, that that imaginary future will never come. It will. So why don't we be proactive about it? And so to me, it's super important that we think that sort of people first way and you view technology as a component of a solution and you put a box around it and say, all right, like if it all comes true, what do we want the role of technology and in this case, artificial intelligence to be in that end solution? And so building a code of conduct for our artificial intelligence portfolio has been a point of pride for us. And it's one that I think is unfortunately unique in the industry, but it's... Wait, wait, can you tell me about that? A little bit. Can you tell me what the code of conduct's like? Yeah, I'm happy to walk you through it. And it is one of those things that I hope that ultimately the whole industry talks about and adopts because it's for the betterment of all of us. And so the way I would look at our code of conduct is essentially five do's and one do not, okay? The first do is to respect privacy. And we can again look at that and say, oh my gosh, there's so many situations where technology companies go to the extreme to sort of feed their beast. They overwhelm all of the personal considerations, right? And so when you look at an environment with artificial intelligence, the more information it has access to, generally the better it can perform. But you shouldn't just chase that. You should say, all right, there's certain types of information that are off limits. Private messages are off limits, right? It's like, it doesn't seem like a huge leap to say these things out loud, but you know, the industry is replete with situations where people have crossed those lines, right? So respecting privacy and only looking at things that are intended to be looked at is the first and foremost rule of our code of conduct. The second one gets a little more interesting about how we approach the world, which is to work with us people as we are. And the reason that I say that is throughout sort of humanity's relationship with technology, you realize sort of in the dictionary definition of technology, it's really a set of techniques that should help people do things they they wanted to do but couldn't do. But it almost never works that way, right? Like we have to speak a certain way, behave a certain way to make technology work for us. And that seems very backwards to me, uh, that you have to click a certain way or do something very awkwardly with your Excel or your Salesforce to make it do the thing that you want it to do. And so when we look at the opportunity in artificial intelligence, we like to communicate in all kinds of different ways, in shorthand, in text, with typos, with emoticons, with our accent, with our vernacular. We might be English as a second language. I might be an introvert. Right? All these different things make us who we are. Technology should do all the hard work to understand us instead of forcing people to say, hey, for example, fill out this 500-question survey, one to five, because I want to boil all your gorgeous complexity as a human down to something a computer can understand. We say that should not stand as we head into 2019 and beyond. You should just be able to communicate the way you want. The machine should do all the hard work to understand you, right? So that's the second part of our code of conduct is working with us as we are. The third part is ensuring all voices are heard. It rolls right off of that last one. Technology, again, look at this from a sort of universal perspective. It can be a tool that executives use to sort of inflict upon the masses, right? And instead, I look at it as an opportunity to say, really, a company is built by the people that work there, right? And that's not just like a cute saying. It is a truism that sort of there is infinite value in every single employee at a company, including an entry-level employee. You know, I think they can create infinite value. They could also cause infinite destruction, right? Like there's sort of, you know, both, both ends work there. And yet all of our functionality around listening to employees or trying to improve the workplace has oftentimes focused on the executive teams or at best sampled, right? The large population of employees. And now you can look at it and say, all right, technology, 
work with us as we are, understand everyone the way they want to communicate, the language they want to communicate, how they want to communicate. And every single person, including an intern, including an introvert, including someone who wouldn't normally put their hand up, their voice is valid. Their voice deserves to be heard and their voice can be heard because the excuses of the past that it was too expensive or too hard, or they don't speak the same language, or they're not English as a first language, all those things can now be sort of waved away because technology is doing the hard work to understand who we are. And so respecting privacy, working with us as we are, ensuring all voices are heard leads to the fourth point for us, which is helping every single person unlock their potential is the code of conduct for us. So this is a bottoms-up approach that says technology can be an enabler for every single individual, not just a CEO, not just a CHRO, but every single person, the building blocks of a company can have a partner in the technology that helps them do their job better, that listens to them in the way they want to communicate. And that will lead to our fifth and final do in our code of conduct, which is to help improve organizations. If ultimately you do not improve an organization, none of this was worth doing because it was just then an academic exercise, right? Right. So those five things work together to say what we want to do. And I'll, I'll end with a do not here. What is the red line that the technology should not cross? And you referred to it earlier. Technology should not be designed to replace people, right? HR being run with a joystick, run on a computer terminal, that is neither, in my professional opinion, that's not possible, but also it's not something to aspire to, right? It's human resources. There's infinite complexity there. We bring something to the equation that can never be replicated by any type of machine, yet we have no human resources team that is staffed appropriately. I've never run across a fully staffed human resources team. And so we are overwhelmed by the amount of stuff we have to do. There's a huge challenge to deliver on the promise that we all signed up for, which was to help build better companies, help people unlock their potential, help people have a better day at work, a more productive day at work, and a learning opportunity at work. And so AI can help us. It is not designed to replicate us or replace us. That's how Ultimate Software pursues this opportunity. And it affects every decision we make and ultimately the products that we release into the market. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. The fact that you have a code of conduct around your behavior is so very inspiring. But I'm also taken by the fact that you're really thinking about technology as a democratized tool. It's for everybody. It's to enable everybody. It's consistent with the mission around diversity, inclusion, universal access, all the things that we all hope to and aspire to and believe in. Your code of conduct is addressing that. So I absolutely love it. I wonder about the role of AI in your product platform. You've got right. this product platform. And I think many people know Ultimate Software as an HR platform. Well, you can tell us what you cover. But my audience primarily knows it for payroll, talent management, performance, maybe employee engagement. So how does AI enable the HR professional to do their job better? And how does it enable the average worker to enjoy what they do and love their job? The way I can look at this, first in general, then in specific, generally, every employee has to make decisions all day long. If we're honest, we make them under duress, right? We have time limitations, resource limitations, information limitations. We have personal limitations. We might be tired and overwhelmed. Yeah, you've got the right? flu from your children. Right? Correct, exactly. <laughs> we may be dealing with uh, some chaos with our kids at home, etc. And so you look at it and you're like, well, this isn't something new, right? Like we didn't just invent this problem. This situation where people have had to make judgment under less than perfect conditions, it's something that's universal to us. And what have we done to deal with that before? Well, we've leaned on 
gut, right? Like I feel like this is the right decision or inertia. I've always made this type of decision. We may lean on unconscious bias. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I like that person. Therefore, I will make this decision. None of that is fair, right? None of that yeah. feels good. And right. it certainly doesn't lead to the best workplace, right? We Even just looking at diversity, you could imagine the impacts. And we actually know uh, the huge impacts, this type of sort of decision-making under duress, even outside of any maliciousness. It's just people trying to do the best they can in the general case. And so what can we do with artificial intelligence is that we can help people make the decisions they need to make with more confidence. We can help them make those decisions more fairly. We can help them make those decisions with more evidence behind it. And we can make it personalized to their situation. So that is like the general approach is get away from judgment as the primary way that we make decisions at work. And let's add intelligence to the equation that is... The, you know, you're familiar with Ultimate Software's hire to retire presence in, in employees' lives, right? If you could take the information that you've got from the demographics of a situation, right? Like how long has someone reported to a, a given manager, for example? And then you get into some of the areas around artificial intelligence where we can understand, well, how does someone feel about the company or the mission of the company? Or, you know, what is their feeling about their work life balance, right? In their performance review, you know, how are other teammates relating to this person? You're now basically completing the picture and technology can take a look at all of that and say, all right, well, here are the numbers, right? How much a person makes, how long they've worked here, you know, what their scores are, etc. And you can add in like, well, you know, maybe they're feeling a little demoralized or they're feeling a little burned out for these reasons. Take that all together. You have a new level of intelligence that you can make decisions from that help you reach into each person's potential and understand both directly and between the lines what's happening. And so we have a product line that is over time infusing different aspects of this technology into it. Really three main areas where you see artificial intelligence in our product today is in perception, which is the employee feedback product. This is one that allows managers to obviously survey their employees. But more important than surveying, it's to understand the data that comes back in order to do something interesting and important and valuable with it. And in that case, the machine is doing some of that hard analysis that comes with the language. So if you ask an employee, well, how do you feel about your workplace? You get a whole block of text back in the past. Either that was ignored, it was skimmed, it was read with a very sort of biased view as to what the person's really trying to say. And in this case, you could use artificial intelligence to kind of look at that and say, all right, this is how the person feels about these types of things. And that is with sort of the benefit of the machine being able to look at thousands of these things or millions of these things and do it with great accuracy and of course, real time, etc. There's areas in leadership actions at Ultimate Software, which is a software capability that helps managers do the right things. As simple as suggesting taking employees out on their birthday, just seems like very obvious, but sometimes we tend to neglect that or overlook that as more complicated as saying, hey, an employee's retention seems to be being challenged by the fact that they they no longer connect with the company's mission. Maybe have a conversation with them about that, right? So you can have ultra personalized information that helps feed a manager some really tactical things that they can do to help that employee both be heard and understood and have a better environment. And then as we get forward, I sort of hinted that there's various areas where this is. Predictive analytics is something that's in every human capital management system. We know them as things like retention indicators or performance indicators. Where that's been historically is just a number that tells mm-hmm. you, hey, you know, person X or team Y has 60% retention. And if you look yeah. at that, you go, oh my gosh, that's computer language. Like who cares, right? Like what I really <laughs> want to do, how do I make that 60%, 100%? How do I fix? How do I improve the organization, right? So that's back to like, what is the job of technology in this situation? It's to help people to be an assistant. So what we can bring to bear there is what we call driver analysis, right? Like what is driving 
the numbers that you see? And therefore, what can you do to improve the challenge, the problem, take advantage of the opportunity, right? So in predictive analytics, in perception, in leadership actions, you see artificial intelligence platform come to life. And pretty much every single product as we go forward is being developed with the idea that we have access to some capabilities that can help people make better decisions. How can we infuse that into the product as part of a overall comprehensive solution? You know, Armin, as you were describing your platform and all the things that you do for your customers and your users, what really kind of occurred to me is that even in the most perfect situations when we deliver a wonderful technological suite, there are still conditions that cause duress that are outside of our control, right? And so I know Ultimate doesn't have an answer for societal issues, but you as a leader, what are your thoughts on some of the causes of duress? Why is work so arduous for so many people? I mean, Ultimate can solve a portion of that, but do you have any observations or thoughts on the current state of work? Um, I'm, I'm humbled that you would ask me. But, well, you're um, a leader and a leader of leaders. So I'm yes. curious as to your thoughts. Like, What's making it so tough out there for your users where Ultimate comes in and can solve a portion sure. of it but can't sure. solve all of it? But think about it. It is exactly what, you're, what we've been kind of hinting at. I think every employee comes in with the bent that I work here. I want to make both the company better and it may be by making myself better, but like I'm part of this. I spend more time here than I do at home, right? So I yeah. say that up front just to say, I don't think you blame that problem on the employee and just say, oh, it's, it's not engaged employees or it's people who don't care that much about work. I actually think everybody inherently wants to improve their situation. So then you look at it from a perspective of, well, what is it that's making them frustrated? What is it that's making them burdened? Some of it is technology and tools. It is things that we talked about a little bit earlier in this call in that the tools may require you to do some pretty sort of awkward tasks to do things that should be simple. But I would also say sort of there are things that we naturally as people want to do a certain way, but in an organization can't. And a perfect example would be when you're a small company, I've, I've led startups before, when you're an eight or 10 person company, there really isn't a much of a question of like, well, what's the mood? What's the vibe? What's bothering that person? You just take them out to coffee. You have a pretty meaningful conversation. You come back with that insight. As soon as you get to any size, honestly, 25 people and up, that becomes beyond the, the scope of most people. And of course, as you get like larger and larger, you have situations where people are put into leadership or management positions without maybe the appropriate training. So I look at that and I say, all right, it's people who want to make the world better, but are looking at it and saying, I don't know how. I don't have the time to make the world better. I don't have the tools to make the world better. I'm getting frustrated because I'm being forced to make decisions I'm ultimately uncomfortable making. And so I can look at it from that perspective and say, there is a role that we as a human capital management vendor can provide, right? That would be the scope that I can look at, which is, are there ways that I can tap into the fundamental human desire to improve things, improve your own lot, improve your company's lot, where products or technology or services could help you do that. And that's by releasing some of these pain points. And that's by using things like the most advanced technologies to understand a person the way that they want to communicate and not force them to do sort of awkward surveys. That's like a very small example, but you see the huge benefit in that people can then tell you what's on their mind. They can do it the way they're comfortable. And we have an opportunity to do something with it that is productive, that moves the ball forward and isn't sort of just running to stand still. So I would always boil it down to the situation being, where is there frustration? Where there's intent, but not the ability to make impact happen. There are some of that that you just can't fundamentally change because it's human condition. And there's some of that, which is obviously very exciting to me, that's in the realm of where can technologies and products help you do something faster or more intelligently or more confidently. So you go home at night, you feel better about all the decisions you made. You have a better team to work with. 
it's a better overall environment. That lights me up and gets me super excited about the opportunity that we have. Yeah, I can hear it, man. I love your enthusiasm and I love your authenticity around this topic. And I know you're out in the world speaking. And I often tell my friends and colleagues in human resources, be careful who you partner with and look at them and look at their organizations and make sure they walk the talk. If you work with a human capital vendor, they should be a leader in the industry, not just in technology, but in the way their culture operates, the way their philosophy uh, manifests itself in the real world. And ultimate consistently hits all of the right notes in terms of best places to work and inclusive environments. And so you're out there in the real world talking to HR professionals. And I know that you're speaking at the Quartz HR Leadership Summit and also at HCI. Can you tell us about being out in the world and talking and what you're covering and where you're going to be? Yeah, thank you for that. You know, I think you hit a really important point that I wouldn't miss an opportunity to stress, which is as we explore artificial intelligence in the HR profession, it is a situation where you cannot have a sales pitch that appeals to the executives or the buyers or the decision makers, but then falls flat with the overall organization. If your employees don't understand what you're trying to do, they're not comfortable with the ethics of the vendor or the direction the products are going, it's sort of a situation where you're wasting your time, your energy, and your money. And it's a futile effort. You need to have an embrace overall. And so our approach to say, in the end, you got to start with sort of the very atomic units of a company, the employees, and build something that they would find valuable, that they would be able to relate to, that they would understand the ethics of the approach around it and understand that there is an ethical approach around it and hard boundaries. I think it's critical to succeeding in this space. And I'm proud of the work we've done there with Ultimate. And I appreciate you calling that out. When I go out into the world, I talk a lot about that. And maybe the other flavor I can add here is my talks are generally some combination of talking about the, the hype and making fun of it, right? And <laughs> yes. what it is, because it's so easy, again, to sort of put technology on that pedestal and almost worship it. But that's not the role that technology needs to play in society, right? We have hard decisions to make. Can technology help us make decisions better, more fairly, more quickly, with less burden, help us lead better lives, build better organizations? That's kind of what I talk about. The other side of it, though, is that we are in very early days when it comes to artificial intelligence in HR or in anything. And even though we've heard it for as long as we've had, and you have to look at it and say marketing has been far ahead of the actual product developments in this space. And so back to that idea of being people first in your development of these opportunities, I use my talks as an opportunity to get out there in the field and talk to folks that are early in the adoption phase, that are still in sort of the wondering about what it could be and dreaming about what it could be. Because then I get to understand what are the real problems that we have that maybe, just maybe, a more advanced technology approach could be part of the solution. So for me, it is a two-way street and it is an educational opportunity to learn that in these earliest days, who are the folks that could help us imagine the types of solutions that could come and that are needed when you have sort of a new breath of fresh air in the technology capabilities. And so finding a vendor that shares the vision of the company that's using it and then helping them imagine what needs to be solved, there's very few things that are like it. It's such a thrill. And that's kind of the genesis of the talks that I give is to lay out the groundwork and get people thinking about that journey and get them thinking about that this is an organizational decision for them. The pressure is not just on them, but it's something that needs to be a comprehensive solution. And so we have a lot of fun and we have a very sort of raw and hopefully interesting salient type discussions, not just marketing fluff about what AI can bring, because it is a story that's under construction. 
Well, we're going to link to all of your upcoming speaking endeavors in the show notes, and we're super happy to do it. We want to encourage individuals to reach out to you and to make a connection. So if people were out there and looking to connect with you, Armin, where could they find you? You can find me directly. I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, it's just my full name, which isn't that easy, actually. But, uh, I'm sure you can Put find that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so you can find me there, obviously, on LinkedIn as well. I would love to connect with you, network with you, learn from you, and teach you whatever I can. And I also want to make sure to mention that at Ultimate, we have this concept called an HR Workshop, which brings folks like myself and other industry people that are deeply enmeshed in building both the current and next generation of products and connect with the folks that are doing the task of HR every day, the hard task and both hopefully the rewarding, but also fascinating challenge in this environment. So we have 18 of these workshops across the country every year. It's SHRM credits, there's HRCI credits, API credits, etc. They're complementary. And so I really encourage folks to connect with both myself and the company at large. It's ultimatesoftware.com slash L, as in Larry, F as in Frank, W, LFW. And come to one of those workshops and let's meet up there too. So feel free to reach out to me directly or to my uh, compatriots at one of these workshops. And let's continue to build the story together and meaningfully move the needle on the challenges that we face and really, truly impact the world that way. It'd be a thrill for me. And I love the opportunity. I've shared some of that with you today. So interesting. Armin, thank you so much for being a guest today on Let's Fix Work. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Lori. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back right after the break. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Let's Fix Work with Armin Berjikli. You can find his contact information and a link to an article about AI and a code of ethics in the show notes. Let's Fix Work is produced by Emerald City Productions, and there's no AI here, just Danny Osmond who makes the show sound great. If you like what you hear or you have some ideas, or if you want me to appear on your podcast, you can hit me up at hello at letsfixwork.com. Now, that's all for today, and I really hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Let's Fix Work.